When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Salve e benvenuti alla terza premiazione annuale di fine stagione Anglo-Italian Pod Serie A. Come sempre mi chiamo Rory Criscuolo e sono affiancato dal mio carissimo amico Adam. And I'm not going to say that in Italian because I don't have a clue, but never mind, <laughs> it's all good. How are we doing Rory today? I am very good. I thought I'd try an Italian intro with it being this Serie A end of season awards. If you have any complaints about my pronunciation or I got anything wrong, please don't let me know. My um, confidence cannot take it. But welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. Um, And this week it is, in fact, our Serie A end of season awards, much like the Premier League show last weekend. If you've not heard, heard it, go to our Spotify, YouTube, you'll be able to find it, where we will be handing out the awards of now very quickly um player of the year young player of the year goal of the season manager of the season Mm. flop of the season surprise player surprise team the memeable moment and the funniest moment adam how you doing and are you ready to go through these awards yeah, I'm keeping very well, but I'm very much looking forward to doing our Italian section. It feels like it's been a long time since we've talked about or talked or discussed about Serie A football. So I'm looking forward to reminiscing about so many things, including Napoli and that special season. So let's get into it. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of Napoli. So listeners, we will <laughs> see you and viewers. We will see you on the other side for the awards. And benvenuti ancora, welcome again, it is time for the Serie A end of season awards, finally it's what we've all been waiting for and to kick us off we are going to start with goal of the season, now we did have some nominations, Adam who are your nominations, what is your nomination for goal of the season? I've got two and I don't know if it was just 
freak that they were against the same side here. But uh, Rory, I'm going to give you the uh, options here. So I've got Nicky Gonzalez, who had a fantastic left-footed shot on turn for Fiorentina against Lazio. And then the mm. other one, Rory, is a certain player that was in your Calcio side. It was Marin for Empoli versus Lazio again. This was where they were two behind. They managed to bring it to 2-2. And it was Marin with the equalising goal. Again, Thunderblast plus the goalkeeper at the time. And yeah, Lazio just seemed to be the unlucky side on this occasion for two of these magnificent goals. I had to remind myself before we actually did a recording of how good these goals were because one of them is amazing run in Nico Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is just a fantastic kind of taken volley uh, from the edge of the area, especially against the run of play because it was basically a corner that kind of gets defended by the Lazio defence. And Marin just shooks like shakes the back of the net with this incredible shot. But Rory, what about your nominations? Well, funnily enough, one of mine is also um, against Lazio, and it is Teo Hernandez um, doing his uh, yes. customary Amazing seasonal coast to coast as he ran from one length of the pitch to the other to fire it into the top corner at the San Siro for AC Milan. Um, I think that's my main. My main mm. nomination, but I did enjoy the Marin goal because Marin scored some absolute bangers this year. Yes. Every goal he didn't score many, but every no. goal he scored was fantastic. Um, from Fede Farco, he nominates the Cavara goal versus At- Atalanta, which mm-hmm. was an absolute yeah, yeah. screamer as well. Mm-hmm. And Pedro versus Hellas Verona. Uh, Josh Bagnoli says Cavara uh, Scalia against uh, Atalanta again. Um, and I also. Wanted to give a shout out to the player, the scorer of fantastic goals, but not the fantastic scorer, Kandreva. Now we need to, we could pick a handful of Kandreva's goals this year because <laughs> he has scored some screamers. But I think the one that really caught the eye was the little Zlatan-esque finish yes. um, against Roma at home. Yeah. Um, Kandreva's been a delight. Selenitana have been a delight. They might get a mention later on in the show. Mm. Um, but do you remember the Kandreva's? A handful of beautiful goals. There's been many, hasn't there? There's been a few this mm-hmm. season, and that one in particular, I do remember. He kind of just flicks it beyond uh, Rio Patricio Ooh. in the goal, and uh, he's just kind of standing there, just doesn't know what to anticipate. But I remember the crowd going absolutely mental because, like Salernitana, don't have much to shout about, but they certainly do with Paulo Sosa and Candereva. So, uh, yeah, they've been living it up in the last sort of four to five months recently. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a superb finish. That was a superb one. I, I want to kind of bring it back as well. Kvaratskhelia, that one is definitely a good shout. I, I, I did mm-hmm. forget about how good that was because, if you remember, that was about the 70th minute, if I remember rightly. It was quite yeah. late in the game. And I think this was at a time when Atalanta were kind of frustrating Napoli away Um, but yes, that was a fantastic, amazing run that kind of ended up with a classy finish. Uh, If you remember, that was kind of the goal that kind of helped them confirm the title as well. They obviously Mm -hmm. still had a few games to go, but that was one of the games where you felt like the title was going to Naples. The title is going to Naples. That was a fantastic goal. It was one of those moments where he proved that he could become like a clutch player as well, where he mm. could step up in those moments and be like, no, I'm taking the game. I'm winning the game here. I think that yeah. was a really huge moment. Um, yes, really, really enjoyed that Kavada goal. I do also want to say 
from Atalanta. There's been so many good goals in Serie A this year. Mm. Um, Coop Miners versus yeah. Monza, where he just absolutely pings it from the halfway line over the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper's definitely a little bit further out than he should be, but yeah. it's still a very, very good finish. And I wanted to give a little shout out to a goal I did. I really enjoyed towards the end of the season as well, which was Udam versus Bologna in the game where he got two goals for Lecce mm. um, in what was a massive result for them. And he had a volley kind of, side volley angle around the around the defenders into the top corner really beautiful finish but i think my um my nomination is going to be candreva versus roma just for the audacity of it and because it's candreva Ooh, i'm split now i i do feel like as much as i love candreva i i'm almost tempted to go quara but then i wonder if you have it in your sleeves that you might give him a different award um Ooh, I might, I might just for sympathy votes and the fact that Kandareva probably won't win any of the other awards, including Young Player of the Season. I might go yeah. with him. Well, there we go. Our there first go. award against all odds is Kandreva doing his tribute to Zlatan and scoring against Roma. An incredible, incredible finish, but one of a collection of great goals he scored. Congratulations, Antonio. We hope to see you again next year in an ever-improving Salernitana team. I can't wait to talk about them later because I have a lot <laughs> to say about them later. But the next award we're going to be moving quickly on to is Player of the Season. Now, there are two very clear um, kind of nominations here, but to go through other people's nominations, we have Player of the Year, Ossiman. Uh, not a surprise there. Uh, the North Curve say Ossiman. Uh, Just Spagnoli says Kvanatskelia. Uh, Fede Farka says Ossiman, and I say Ossiman. Adam, <laughs> have you got anyone else to throw you to throw I've into got, the hat? I've got actually three players that could be discussed here, and they're all from the same team. So uh, I've got Ossiman, I've got Lobotka, and I've got Anguisa, Ooh. all for different reasons. But I, I do you know what? The number one I've got on my list was Lobotka. Because I think mm -hmm. as much as you can have the goals, as much as you can have the flair of Kfara, without Lobotka being that kind of linchpin in that midfield, he breaks up the play. He helps those kind of attacks happen. He's been superb this season. I think he's upped his levels from last season. And I think without him, the rest doesn't happen. The rest doesn't happen mm -hmm. to the same extent, especially in that early stages where they kind of were unstoppable. I think as much as Farah was taking it on the wings and he seemed unstoppable there, Osimen with his goals. And don't get me wrong, Osimen, the levels that he's increased from the previous season, he's been more consistent. It's helped that he hasn't been as injured prone, mm -hmm. should we say, this season. And that's definitely helped him. And I think, yeah, you know he's going to be a solid player wherever he is next season. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to stamp my case for Lobotka. I think, yeah, he's been superb and deserves all the plaudits. Um, what about you? I really like the Lobotka shout, but of the three players you mentioned, if I was going to put someone second, it would be Anguissa, because as you know, and as long-term listeners of the bubble know, I absolutely love that man. I think the the completeness that he's shown to his game over the last two seasons, really, since joining Napoli, the the both defensive and attacking side of the game, the attacking side of his game is coming more into it. He's picked up a few more goals this year. He's making a few more late runs into the box and kind of progressing with the ball a little bit more. I feel like he's had a little bit more freedom in, the, in that system this year, whereas mm. opposed to last year, he was kind of relied on to be that ball winner, the kind of anchor man in midfield. So I think we've really seen a whole new side to his game. 
um, his close control, his strength, his passing ability, um, his vision, like everything about him. I've just been super, super impressed. I think um, he's a player as equally as important as Lobotka, um, mm. without a doubt. Um, and when he was out injured and for the... He was out injured for a short while, wasn't he? I think, and I, I yeah. think they did they did miss him. Um, so I think he's a, a huge player for that team, and I think I would put him second behind who I'm going to push pretty hard as the player of the year, which is Victor Olsenman. Um, we're going to talk about him in our team of the years as well, I suppose. But I was doing a bit of research into you know statistics to try and find. Yeah. back up my argument and in all the attacking statistics so shots on target goals scored xg um chances created shots on target shots converted everything he was in the 99th percentile so he's leading the league in everything he does in an attacking sense um we've seen the ridiculous goals he scored from tight angles the headers where he seems to jump 11 foot in the air his ability to control balls no matter where they come at him and at what pace I just think he's shown this year why Napoli paid that much money for him mm-hmm. so I think when they did spend 90 million on him I think it was from from um Lille it was a lot of money yes and he came in and he was injured for the first two seasons didn't really get going and I think there was a real question and people knew there was a player there but people were maybe starting to go okay is this just going to be a flop now at what point do we talk about this as a flop because it is a lot of money, especially for a club like Napoli. They they spend yeah. a bit of money, but for a Serie A team to drop that much money on a striker, it doesn't happen often, right? Yeah. Um, but I think this is really the season that he's coming and showing them exactly why they've spent that amount of money, and they'll easily make a profit on him. I think we could see still see him there next year. Um, but this season, he's just been an absolute revelation, and having him in my Fanta Calcio has been an absolute delight, and he single-handedly delivered me the title, so thank yes, you, yeah. Victor. Um, but what are your main memories of Osimhen this year? I think he is going to be the player of the season, right? I think so. I think he's not just your typical target man, if that makes sense. I think he's just mm. been so much more skillful, um, just even with the close play. Like There's been occasions where the ball hasn't necessarily come to him in the sense that he could easily turn around and score the goal. And I think the other context, Rory, whilst you were talking about it, and something I, I think we just should just remind everyone that is watching this right now and maybe listening, he played with that face mask for half a season. Obviously, for the beginning of the season, he didn't have to worry about his cheekbone injury. Um, so once he had that cheekbone injury, that obviously changes the dynamic of how he plays and it hasn't affected his like mentality about his approach and how he's gone about it. He still put his head in there when possibly people were wincing mm-hmm. and hoping he wouldn't get anything else done to him, basically. So the fact that he's been brave enough to kind of do those kind of headers, flick-ons, and just getting stuck in, I think that tells you testament about the guy. Um, but yeah, some of the goals he's scored has been spectacular. I mean, they, that is why, I suppose... He's one of the most wanted men in Europe now. He, he's just mm-hmm. the complete striker in some senses. Um, and I think he deserves to be kind of on that pedestal now going forward. I mean, if we're talking about the top strikers, I'm sure Haaland will get all applauded. But Osman's not that far off now. He is mm-hmm. getting closer and closer every time. I think if you think what other elements that Osman could improve on, He's not far behind Haaland, and I think it'll be very interesting. I appreciate there's Mbappe in the conversation as well, but I don't think he's had the same sort of levels as, say, Osimhen and Haaland in the most recent seasons. So, yeah, 
Um, the more we talk about it, Rory, I feel like it's going to be another one that we kind of concede yeah. is definitely awesome and that wins this award. It has to be. It has to be. He broke yeah. the record this year for the most goals of, uh, by an African player in Serie A, taking the award, taking the record away from George Weah. Like he's broken, mm. even away from the football pitch, the the borders and barriers he's broken in this oh, country in terms of like race, in terms of like race relations and stuff is just incredible. Like there's kids now in a, in, in a country in Italy that isn't the most open-minded and is racist mm. at times. There's now a generation of kids growing up, idolizing a black man, which is just incredible. And like, yeah. there was a video, I think I can't remember who the journalist was. I'm really sorry, but he was a Nigerian journalist. I saw it on Twitter and he was getting a lift from a taxi driver in Naples. They were going for like the game against, um, was it against Sam? No, the game where they secured the title anyway, yeah. against Udinese maybe. Um, but he was driving in Naples and then the Neapolitan taxi driver was just talking to him the whole time saying how Nigeria and Naples are now twinned countries because <laughs> this guy has just done so much to like bridge so many in a in a city as well that has a lot of immigrants a lot of yes. like a large black community i think it does mean a lot for someone like that to come and mean so much to the city so i think it's just beautiful what he's done um and i've thoroughly enjoyed watching him so i think mm -hmm. i'm going to announce awesome men as a player of the season um yeah. i think that one was quite straightforward kind of like holland congratulations awesome and <laughs> you get the award there was no surprise there kvada was very close i think he was very close um but yeah congratulations awesome men speaking of kvada the next award is young player of the season now some of the nominations we have um we have from, I'm trying to find the Italian ones, young player of the season, Fede Farco. He says Udoji from Udinese mm -hmm. or Scalvini. Um, Joe Spagnoli says um, Kvaratskelia. And the North Curve says, you're interesting one, young player Zanoli, um, which is an interesting okay. shout. Yeah. Um, and Curva Mundial Pod says young player of the season, Hoyland. Um, Adam, mm -hmm. any are, are any of those on your list? Yes, one of them is, and that's Destiny Dodgy. I think he's been superb mm -hmm. in that left-hand side, um, being quite adaptable for Udinese. And his record speaks for himself, like 34 games, uh, three goals and four assists. So he's been superb in that respect. Um, and it's a shame that he's ending up at Spurs for you, Rory, um, because it really feels annoying. like that is a heck of a signing already. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him as well for the Italian national squad. I'm surprised he hasn't been called up to many calls in the national squad. Um, so it feels like a missed opportunity for Italy there. Um, but the other one that I was going to put out there is someone that's done quite well recently for the Italian under-20s squad, and that is Tommaso Baldanzi from Empoli. Mm -hmm. I think he's had a real breakout season, and I appreciate against that kind of shadow of Kvaratskhelia. <laughs> he's done really well. I feel like he, yeah. he's at a club that he's able to play game time, learn from his mistakes, but he's already kind of on the lips of a lot of those managers around where he could end up. He's already been talked about potentially going to um, Napoli already. Um, again, he's had 30 games this season, four goals. He's been superb. I think like, in terms of an exciting young player and prospect, he is someone that I've really enjoyed watching the more and more this season has progressed. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think those two will be overshadowed by a certain Faraz Kelly, unfortunately, when it comes to the comparisons, <laughs> doesn't it? It's hard not to. I'm, I'm going to delay the Kvaradz Gellia talk yeah. a little bit because I think he's going to win it, but we need to kind of give some flowers to some other young players as well. Zanoli, I think, is a really interesting yeah. shout because he's a player that was on loan from Napoli, on I believe, to Sampdoria. Napoli, yeah. um, and in a Sampdoria team that obviously looked absolutely piss poor, I remember <laughs> he came on against now, who were they playing? I think they were playing someone towards the bottom of the league. Maybe it was Cremonese at home. But I was watching Sampdoria and they were struggling bravely, but they were losing. They just had a player sent off and Zanoli came on and instantly stood out. He just instantly, mm-hmm. his touch on the ball, yep. his close control, his ability to find space, he just instantly stood out as the best player on the pitch. Yeah. And I thought, holy crap, who is this guy? And I think every time I've seen him, he's looked like a very, very exciting player. And I think for him to go back to Napoli now, yeah. Um, and for them to have another option as a creative midfielder, mm. as a bit of energy in that midfield is really exciting. So he's a player I'm very, very excited yeah. about. Um, I think if he hadn't been in that Sampdoria team playing that type of football or that badly, maybe he would have stood out a bit more and more people would have noticed him. But I really wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah. And I also wanted to say, um, no one's really mentioned him, but Bove from Roma. <laughs> I thought he's yeah. done a really good job this year. I think he's a player that Roma fans didn't know how to feel about for a long time. And they were always like, "Who? Like, what does he do? He doesn't really do a lot. Yeah. But I think what he does is all the dirty work. And when we talk to Joe Spagnoli yeah. as well, he absolutely loves him because the amount of effort he puts into the pitch, mm. I think he's made more appearances than most people would have anticipated this season. I think Roma have used him more than they thought they might. Yeah. But I think that's because of his performances and he's done so well. So I think he's another player that deserves a shout, but we need to talk both Hoyland and Kvaratskhelia. Should we start with Hoyland? Because his season yeah. finished quite quietly because of the injuries, but he was really exciting at the start of the season, right? I think there was a lot of hype with him. And don't forget, the reason, and this is one of the reasons why I'm going to, not consider him for this award is because I think it took him a little while to get adapted to Gasparini, Atalanta and obviously Serie A. I think it's taken him the best part of six months before we saw the best of him. Um, because I think like there's definitely a huge prospects on anyone's hands right now. There's rumours that he's obviously going to be snapped up by a bigger side already, but I'm hoping that he has another season at Atalanta personally. Because I think if he can get that under his belt, be consistently scoring again for Atalanta. Boy, have we got an exciting prospect in mm. the league. I mean, he's got the whole package in that respect. He feels like he's a clone of Haaland. Almost sounds like Haaland when you kind of think about the name. Just whistle it a little bit and a few times and you might get Haaland out of it. But it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't really consider it because he's not done it consistently for the duration of the season. Compared to the likes of Zanoli, for example, where, yes, I appreciate what you're saying about the fact that he's at a lower side, but I've also seen him against Juventus, for example. There was a really good, when I told you about the time when Sampdoria were getting back into the game and given Juventus a game or run for their money in Turin, um, that was the performance of Zanoli there as well. He was superb that night. Uh, Rasmus Hoyland, don't get me wrong, he scored some superb goals and he's been, I think, lethal in front of goal as well once he's got adapted to it. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to dispute that guy is a hell of a prospect looking forward to it. And uh, He's, he's yeah. got the Holland, he's got the Holland profile a little bit yeah. as well because he's big, he's strong, he's fast. 
He looks Nordic. Like he does look <laughs> like the Pro Evo version of Haaland. And that's not to be disrespectful to him. I no. love Pro Evo, but it does feel like just they, they're just a, a whisker away. And there's it's no wonder that Manchester United and all them are already being linked to him. Mm. I think he's been fantastic. But yeah, get, get him another season, another two seasons in Serie A, full seasons under his belt. But an incredible start to his Serie A career and instantly yeah. one of the most exciting strikers in the league. So a fantastic Definitely. start for him. But I think. I'm going to have to push hard again here, Adam, and just say that Cavada gets young player of the season. Um, because I remember all the way back in August, July, August, I was yeah. doing research for the pod and I was sat watching all the signings, like YouTube videos of every yeah. signing of every Serie A team to see who to look out for, right? Um, I had great fun. But I remember watching Cavada Skelia, right? And I... I had to remind myself it was, I was like, no, it's the Georgian League. It's the Georgian League, right? The, the standard isn't that great. This guy can't be that good. Yeah. And then I saw him just off both feet, like pinging it top corner, beating men no matter where he was on the pitch. Yeah. Just it seemed like the ball was his and everyone else was just there to like try and get in the way. And I just watched this video and I must have watched it two or three times. I was like, this kid is unbelievable yeah. like if he even starts slightly like this Napoli have got a hell of a player and I think I know he was getting a bit of attention while he was out in Russia because he was playing for Dinamo Moscow right and then he had yeah. to leave or he got he got to leave because of the conflict and he and Napoli was so good in snapping him up quickly because he was starting to get attention mm-hmm. but I think he still kind of came from nowhere for most people yes. no one expected him to be this good and like, what were your first impressions of? I just remember from the first game being like, holy crap, this guy's unbelievable. I, I'm with you. I don't think I necessarily thought it would be a player that would do so well this season. I, I remember mm. there's still that clipped like video of us two talking about Farad Skellia and you trying to take the piss of me trying to pronounce his name at the time, which I yep. wasn't that far off at the time, but um, <laughs> didn't still get it completely right. Um, but yeah, I think both of us were of the mindset of, he he's a player that will break through this season, but maybe not necessarily have the game time. You know, mm-hmm. we thought Spalletti would, you know, maybe bide his time with him, but he's been undroppable. He's been that impressive, and I think the big point is that he's, as you've said, so strong on both feet. And at one point, I think we were both kind of wondering who's going to stop this guy. Like what are they, mm-hmm. they're going to have to do what the top players do and have two people marking him out of the game. Yeah. And subsequently, that kind of started to happen after January, didn't it? It kind of was a double-up teamwork on in, from Inter Milan that kind of started it all off. And they kind of started to show that Farad Skelia had to kind of bring himself out of it. He needed to work a way around it. And he's going to get that now for the duration of his mm-hmm. career, I suspect. I think, if anything, the summer's welcome like addition in the sense of he's going to have some time to rest. Um, but he's also potentially going to be the type of guy that will work on those little areas that he didn't get the better of certain defenders. And I feel like there's elements of his game like maybe get a bit more stronger, uh, for example, uh, physique-wise. And I think just being a bit more clever. Like, you know, there's been the times where he's been kind of staying on the wings, but maybe he needs to do that little bit of magic by coming inside and maybe doing a little bit more uh, for the team itself. Um, but that said, this is where we're just nitpicking, Rory. We're nitpicking yeah. at little things now. And this is incredible for a guy that's, what, 21 years old, sets Serie A on fire. This talent 
already automatically pays itself. He's more than just yeah. the money that Napoli have spent. And it's an incredible bit of business. Well done to the scout that noticed him. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And Napoli yeah, yeah, yeah. are just laughing. They are laughing. But Farad Skelly, I could not be more happier for the guy because you can tell he's embraced the city. He's embraced Napoli. And he's going to become a basically a Maradona-esque figure if he could, yeah. carries on like this, right? If he like does another season like this, whew, this this guy yeah. could go on to even greater things. Like they already absolutely adore him in Osimhen. Like for for their for their murals to already be on the wall next yeah. to Diego is a testament enough to how much they love him. But I think he's just. You're right to talk about how his season ended because I think a lot of teams like did just start doubling up on him and he did get quite quiet. And I think what it, what that was was it was literally the second the second round of fixtures started and every team had yeah. kind of learned their lesson and gone yeah. okay right now we've got to keep this guy quiet. But that's part of him like developing. That's part of him getting used to the to the level that he's at and seeing that he he's going to have to find other ways to figure these defenses out and other ways to, to make it yeah, um, difficult for him. But I think he's got the ability and the like football IQ to be able to do it. And I think next mm. season he'll now start the season knowing, okay, this is what they're going to do to me. Well, this is how I turn it on them. And I think he does just need to add a few more elements to his game. Yeah. Like you said, I think cutting inside a bit more being able to play centrally would be really useful for him mm. as well. I think so we could switch positions with the front three alongside him. But I think, Incredible, incredible player. So many goals and assists. So key for Napoli in his first season. He could be yeah. best newcomer as well if there was yeah. an award. But I think young player of the season, it has to be Kavica Kvanatskelia. Congratulations, Kavica. Well done. Fully well earned. Nice. Yeah. Good. Okay, so the next award coming up is Manager of the season now another one it's gonna we can't napoli can't, can't keep doing this it. but um i'm gonna say the nominations that we have from our friends we do have from cover mundial pod manager of the season spalletti yeah. um the north curse says manager of the season spalletti joe spagnoli says manager of the season spalletti fede farco says manager of the season um spalletti and then Footlol says Spalletti. Now, I feel like Spalletti's going to get it, but what I want to do is throw a few more names into the yes. hat, Adam. Are any of these names on your list? Um, I've gone for Sosa from Salernitana, because okay. I think he needs a shout. Um, Palladino from Monza, and Marco Baroni from Lecce for keeping them up. Or okay. Were any of those names on your list or do you have any other names no, to throw into the ring? No, there's two uh, on my list. Uh, one of them was uh, Maurizio Sari and the other one was yes. uh, Max Allegri. No, I'm only joking. No, it's definitely <laughs> Oh, lucky Max. <laughs> no, but I think Maurizio Sari deserves a shout just because I think the context is Lazio were not necessarily expected to be in the top half of that top four mix, should we say. And I think he's mm -hmm. done a s superb job when you consider, I felt in the summer, they had got rid of a lot of players that I thought actually, are they doing the right thing here? You know, they're losing some big names. There was a few players that I wasn't going to like be like, oh yeah, they're missing out too much. But he started to kind of curve this kind of place of attitudes that was there. Like there was, he replaced the goalkeeper quite quickly. Provadal came in, for example, um, he didn't initially play, if you remember. It was only because mm -hmm. of how bad the other replacement came in. 
had a bad a debut and then got replaced by Provadal and never looked back. But also, if you think about how astute Sari has been with the players, you know, he's rotated certain players. They've stick to a philosophy of playing a certain style, which is Sari ball. Um, but more importantly, they've got the results along the way. Now, I appreciate they probably could have done a lot more in the European competition stages. It's definitely fair to say. And I think there's been some frustration from Lazio fans on their progress there. But I think just in general, the fact that they've managed to secure the Champions League spots is incredible. And the way they're going to build is obviously through that by maintaining those positionings. But I think it's key that they've got some big performances out of the lights of Zakangi, for example, uh, SMS, who I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Um, and then obviously you think about just the lights of Luis Alberto as well. Um, he's had a phenomenal season as well for Lazio. And even defensively, Romagnoli. I mean, if you think about also the kind of backdrop with him, came in from Milan, the laughing stock, <laughs> but it's been so solid for Lazio to the point that they are behind Napoli in terms of best defensive record in the league. So I think that tells you a lot about Lazio. And don't forget, Sari got a good result against Spalletti in Naples. He got a phenomenal result against them. Mm-hmm. One of the very few sides that managed to get a result in Naples. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he deserves a shout. But I think it's going to go one way, Rory. Um, but let's talk about your uh, candidates that you've mentioned. Paladino. Um, I really like that. I really do like that because given the circumstances, I think how he's come in, a bit of a novice, so to speak, Mm-hmm. And just managed to get out these performances. I mean, th- this is the story, I think. Monza, th- what a story that is. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And I think he's come in with like a, a squad, like it was well, we talked about it ourselves, about how mm. much they'd kind of invested or planned to invest through loan deals if yeah. they stayed up, like in that squad. And they had a lot of quality, like Stefano Sensi, if he's ever fit, but like <laughs> Pessina, and they brought in a lot of really good quality players. Um, and Juan Pablo Mari, but they were like they had just a good level squad, but it didn't seem to be working. They looked like they were going to get relegated. Just something wasn't quite clicking, and he came in and just got this system in place, made them very um, solid defensively, made them hard to beat, mm. but also got them playing some good, like good counter attacking football, and able to like keep hold of the ball when they needed to as well they weren't afraid yeah. to have the ball they weren't a team that was afraid to pass it and kind of try to slow a game down take control of the game a bit so I think he really really did an incredible job there and they were a team like I think all the teams that got promoted into the league last year were kind of favorites to go down mm. and for him to for them to not really ever be even close to going down since he took over there was no talk of it once he took over it was just oh yeah Monza will be fine look at them like they they all and it even you could say if he took over a little bit sooner, maybe they could have pushed up a little bit higher because yeah. they were only they only finished four points behind Fiorentina in eighth, um, and like ten points behind Juve in seventh. So I'm not saying they would have got European spots, but they could have been pushing up towards well top ten, which would have been incredible for their first season. So I think mm. he's done an incredible job there. Um, now Paolo Souza, I know we were kind of taking the piss out of him. And he's a bit of a running joke still, and people aren't quite sure how it's working. But before he took over, Salernitana had 21 points. He's been in charge for 16 games, and they got 21 points. So he doubled their points tally. They won four games, drew nine, and only lost three. 
Um, now we know that they went on that huge unbeaten run as well towards the end of the season where they just kept like it was like win, win, win. It was like win, draw, 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 win, draw, 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 win. Yeah. But they were just getting those results, getting, getting, keeping that run going. And I think again, he's a manager that's come in, and I is it a system? Is it just him? galvanizing these players together and getting a mood a kind of us against them. I don't know what it was like, because I know there's still doubts about Paulo Souza, and I still look at him and go, I'm not convinced by you, but if any other manager comes in and does that with that Salernitana squad, I'm thinking, okay, well, this guy could be getting jobs higher up the league if this continues. Yeah. Like, why with Paulo Souza does it not feel like that? I think it's because he seems to have a little bit of meltdown where his complex mm. is that I'm higher than this level. And um, maybe he's <laughs> been a bit humbled from his previous kind of like spells. And I, I say this because I was a man that was fully supportive of him for the Polish national side, actually. I felt like he brought in a philosophy of play, like it was attractive enough. I felt we were more attacking and more expansive. Certainly we felt like we could win games. Like even those games where maybe the opposition have stronger players, there was never that kind mm -hmm. of sense doubt that they were better than us. Like it was a case of, yes, they have got better qualities, but we can play really good football and we can still get a draw or win. And I think maybe that's what mm -hmm. is instilled with Salinatana. Um, but when I'm talking about that complex aspect, remember, he left Poland under shadow. And I know at previous spells with the likes of Swansea, QPR, Leicester City, he hasn't necessarily won those fans over after a period of time. They got like maybe read through his tactics and felt like it was the same old stuff. So maybe he's over time started to realize that this was the last chance to loot. Personally, this is the way I look at it is that Salentana probably not the caliber of side that maybe he anticipated, but maybe it was a case of, look, I've managed to annoy quite a lot of chairmen along the line and that word spread out. So he needed to win. I can't over. get a reference. I can't yeah. get a reference or the word has got out basically. So therefore yeah. I need to prove my worth. And I think he's now proved it with Salantana. I hope he stays there personally because I think mm -hmm. it'll be very interesting to see what he could build there. But the problem is, Rory, I suspect those players might move on because if we're talking about certain players... Guillermo Ochoa, he's going to be off, possibly, because I think that was only mm. loan spell to the end of the season. Dia, who I really like, um, he's probably going to be snapped up elsewhere. And then you look at the age of the squads. I mean, remember, the likes of Fabio Fazio hasn't played for a while. Uh, Gandareva, yeah. let's see how many seasons we can get out of him. Piontek, yeah. we forget, he was there. He's no longer there. He's back at her for Berlin, but whether they bring him back, oh, really? probably I unlikely based on the comments of what Sosa said with Piontek. So I suspect that's not going to happen. But yeah, I, I'd be very interested if he could follow it up, if that makes sense, Rory. Um, I know yeah, there's well, this is with Napoli, but yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, this is his chance to build something. You're right. This is his chance mm. to say, okay, I've got summer. We've got a bit of Serie A money. Um, we can be clever in the loan market because for them to bring in a player like Dia that nobody was really looking at yeah. and for him to come in and tear it up so much, like they've obviously got, I think they have got good talent ID. Like this is the team that had Simi as well. I know after he'd kind of smashed yeah, it up at Crotone, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like they, they are able to find gems um, every so often. I think even like even the Candreva signing, I know it's kind of last chance saloon for him as well, but you're adding that Serie A quality, someone who can score great goals, someone who is... Just he's not outstanding, but he's just a good player, and Solid I think if they player. can just 
improve the quality of that squad a little bit more. And I think Pablo Sosa does play nice, attractive attacking football. Like you mm. said, he did try to get Salernitana weren't just putting 11 men behind the ball and waiting. They were going for teams and they yeah. did get some big results against Roma and against some of the bigger sides. So I think he really deserves a shout um, because he, again, for a team in Salernitana, it looked like they, they were going to get dragged into it. For them to finish, um, here's my quick maths, um, 11 points above the relegation zone and again, never really be in danger. It's just an mm. incredible achievement. Remember, they stayed up the previous season after losing 5 0 at home. <laughs> yes. They managed to stay up on goal difference or, like, or whatever it was head to head. So I think th- to have that level of improvement in one season is incredible. And uh, so I wanted to give Palo Souza a shout. Mm. Um, the Lecce one was a little bit, uh, um, Michael Baroni was a little bit ambitious, I'll admit, but we do need to talk about the the elephant in the room he's now left he's gone yeah, unfortunately but he did do it spalletti has to be manager of the season this season um i don't think anybody looked at that napoli squad at the beginning of the year and thought okay they're going to win the league i think most people kind of would have said that milan would have retained the yeah. title um they would have said maybe inter would have pushed them closest but from the first match day really they won their first 10 games in a row, right, Napoli? Yeah. I think off the top of my head. Um, and it just from day one looked like they were going to win the league. And it never really even slightly looked close. Um, how just can we describe how monumental this season was from Spalletti? I think it's monumental in his career because I think there was always mm-hmm. that little bit that was like, will he ever get a Scudetto? Will he ever win anything? And um, as much as he won plaudits for previous stuff you know how he managed to change the dynamics of Roma for example he was obviously tarnished as well for what he kind of managed with Totti that situation Mm -hmm. and I think that was obviously a part of where maybe Spalletti hasn't won too many people in Italy for that alone Um, but he's a guy of principles isn't he he's a guy that sticks to his moral compass he believes in his squad I think the fact that he's managed to mould this team into the way that he wanted it. Don't forget, at the beginning of the season as well, like they lost a few players like Koulibaly, for example, and Fabian mm-hmm. Ruiz as well. These were big players Insignia. at the time. Yeah, Insignia is another one as well, who obviously, yeah, that was a bit of a weird kind of circumstance, but he decided on his terms that he wanted to go to Toronto. So you're thinking, right, Spalletti has a hell of a job to kind of you know, build up the quality again and go at it and I don't, like you I don't think I anticipated them to be champions candidates I, I definitely had them in top five but I think with yeah. every Napoli team you kind of go oh they've had a good run but they're gonna have a wobbly it's gonna be around <laughs> yeah. the corner it always happens in yeah. Napoli and um, yeah. you know they have this meltdown and that's the end of the season for them but this time he's managed to maintain it and he's managed to keep them going and I think what's probably happened is it's a pleasant distraction that they had the likes of the Champions League as well alongside this league campaign. But he's actually, I think, won a lot of friends for the way he's gone about it as well because there's been plenty of times where I think he could have bit and you know got at reporters. I think there was a lot of, not necessarily nasty like commentaries, but certainly a lot of um, questions marks around how he was managing things potentially. Mm. And I think someone like a Mourinho would have kind of turned it and made a sideshow of it. Whereas Spalletti's kind of played a long game and come, it is what it is. You know, I, I believe in this philosophy, I'm going to stick with it. And I think, yeah, he's been 
absolutely on it. He's, I mean, there's been occasions where I feel like his tactics maybe in the latter stages of the Champions League went by the wayside. I think he maybe got that a Champions League match against Milan wrong. Um, but that mm-hmm. said, if you think about the overall season and how he's gone about it, it's been magnificent. And that probably doesn't even kind of cover off that maybe there was something in the background with De Laurentiis as well. Because although we're knowing about it now, I suspect he would have known a bit about what De Laurentiis was thinking and maybe feeling as well, especially after those mm-hmm. Champions League matches. I suspect there was a lot of pressure then. So, yeah, I mean, full of kudos for the guy. I think he's done magnificently and he deserves this award Rory he deserves it yeah like a million percent and I'm just I'm thinking kind of to mirror what you've said I'm just delighted for him to get this on his legacy because he was one of the most admired coaches in Mm. Italy he was someone who now I've I've said it before but when he was at Inter I did not enjoy the football but when he was at Roma I really enjoyed the football and I think he's someone who knows how to get the best out of his squad but I think just for him to get to prove those people wrong and go from being oh yeah that good coach who plays nice football but doesn't do anything for him to then achieve this huge thing it's just mm. absolutely monumental for him to do it and Napoli we've said it before it just means so much more Rudy Garcia has some very big boots to <laughs> fill I will tell you that I do not envy him right now Jesus Christ but the winner of manager of the season is Luciano, Luciano Spalletti, Spalletti. Congratulations, Luciano. And the next award. Here we go. We're going from manager of the season to flop of the season. Now, some of our nominations. Here we go. Flop of the season. Um, We have um, Paul Pogba. We have Mm -hmm. Federico Chiesa. Um, We have Charles de Ketelere, of course. Um. Joe Spagnoli coming in with Harry Winks. Oh, it's a little bit harsh. A little bit harsh on Harry there. I think um, Curva Mundial pod with Serginho Dest. Such a flop that I forgot he was in Serie A, so he could (laughs) automatically win it, I think. But Adam, were any of your nominations mentioned there? So yes, one was Charles de Ketelet. I think he cannot escape how poor that season has been for him, Mm -hmm. especially given the hype around... What he done with Bruges, um, hot prospects, but he hasn't really managed to switch it on. However, I'm going to discount it purely because I feel like he's a young lad that clearly yeah. needs time to adapt. I felt like maybe it wasn't the right environment for him in Milan as well. Potentially he needed to go on a loan spell somewhere just to get some football time. I think that's mm-hmm. what he needed. He just needs some football time where, you know, a place like Empoli where he could maybe just not worry about the high pressure environment of yeah. the team, especially I think we've got to remember, although Bruges are a big side in that Belgium league, nothing compares to Milan. Milan is so no, much more no. bigger and like that environment, it, it takes a certain mentality. So I suspect that was part of it. And also don't forget, he's learning different styles, different philosophies here. Purely, obviously, did try his best to give him a chance as well. He never gave up on him. So I think there's a determination there to show you that actually there is a prospect there. And I think that's a bit harsh. But Rory, I'm going to put it out there. My flop of the season, Andrea Bellotti. He wasn't mentioned oh, in any of Bellotti those lists. But it needs to be discussed. A- very good shout. Before we jump on Blotti, I do need to say, Decatur Lera, I do think he was a little bit of a victim of the price tag as well. Like, because yeah. Milan did spend a lot of money on him because he was a prospect. 
But then with Milan being quite strapped for cash, yes. they can't spend that much money on a player and not play them. They can't then ship them out on loan. And I think you're right. He needed that loan move. He needed that not so much pressure on winning every game, but just getting used to the league and stuff. But I do think still I've been very disappointed by him. I think still mm-hmm. regardless of that, I think he's not shown even moments of me going, ah, there's the player. I've just yeah, seen... Yeah nothing there so i think i'd still have him on that flop list slightly unsympathetically but (laughs) andrea bellotti is a huge huge shout i think he's come in with big serie a pedigree um always scored a lot of goals at torino Mm. a lot of penalties but always scored a lot of goals at torino but he was the main man the whole team was fitted to him um it was all tailored towards getting him to score goals at roma it has just not worked, has it? Nothing no. about that has worked. I feel like maybe the the manager, there's been a clash there and they just don't, Mourinho's not able to get the best out of him. The fact he's not the number one man, maybe that's part of it and he knows he's second string to Abraham. Maybe it's the fact that the, the whole team isn't built around him, but I think it all stood out to me and I know it's not said yeah, but in the um, Europa League final when he came on against mm. Sevilla, it looked like a man whose confidence had not been destroyed. It was just never there. Like it yeah. just looked like an aging guy who, oh, I think I said it to Joe Spagnoli at the time, he was 30 seconds behind every ball. And I just think mm. all season he's kind of looked like that. And I think there's a lot of mitigating factors, but you still can't get beyond the fact that they're paying him a lot of money. Yeah. They brought him in to score goals and he didn't get one. Like your feelings on yeah. Bellotti? much like you've kind of shared already. Um, he comes in with a lot of disappointment when you consider the backdrop of what he could be, uh, the wages that he's on. And I think the other bit, Rory, he spent a lot of time in that summer where he didn't sign up to a club. He was waiting for a mm-hmm. specific move that suited him. Now, I appreciate Roma was that club potentially in the end, but actually there was rumours that Atalanta were in for him. There was rumours that you know Inter were kind of considering him. There was a number of clubs in Italy that were prepared to sign him, but he decided in the end that Roma was that project. Now, I think there was a bit of naivety on his side as well, because don't forget, Dybala was always linked to Inter, but then obviously when he signed for Roma, that was it. And that was before Bellotti was announced as well. Um, But like you say, I think what's most disappointing is he hasn't even tried some of those games. Like, he looks like you. You said it yourself. Like it's not a case of he's shot off like confidence. It just doesn't seem like he's there. It doesn't seem like he's got the right frame of mind to be at the club. And the fact that he hasn't even really contributed, I think, says a lot about him. So, yeah, for me, he's on that kind of same wavelength as Sergino Dest when we're talking about it. You're kind mm-hmm. of thinking like. Jesus, did he actually turn up this season? Because if you look at the record books, you go, what what happened to him? What what was it? Was it injuries? Like, and we know he, it's not really injuries. It's just that he didn't really perform, and it justifies what Jose is thinking. And I think, I think yeah. when you had that conversation with Joe and about potentially extending his contract, I can't see any reason why Roma or no. Jose would entertain it. I think they would look at it and go. What has he bought? He's not, nothing to the table. So I think he's going to be lucky if he gets anyone in Serie A at this rate really going for him. I mean, it's really difficult. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. is there any other thoughts on your lists in terms of like flop of the season? Well, I think we've kind of decided it's Bellotti. I think mm. I was going to go for Pogba, but it doesn't. It feels a bit harsh considering it's been injuries that have kept him back. But yeah. 
he's still been a huge disappointment, but I, I still Massively, don't think he's yeah. been the biggest disappointment at Juve and injuries haven't helped. So I think I'm going to say it has to be Belotti really, Belotti, doesn't it? Yeah. It has to, from what we expected and from what everyone expected to what we got, like I picked him up for Fanta Calcio because I thought just in case, just yeah. in case. And he has not even been on my bench. <laughs> like he's just, <laughs> I've just Terrible. forgotten I had him. Um, so yeah, I think, unfortunately, like Alina, Andrea Bellotti, you get our flop of the season. Commiserations or congratulations. Uh, yeah, sorry about Probably that. congratulations. Um, moving on, the next award is going to be Surprise Player of the Season. Surprise Player of the Season. Now, we do have some nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, surprise Player. I'm trying to look for a... Um, Serie A one. Fede Farco says Di Lorenzo. Joe Spagnoli says Providel. Um, the North Curve says Kvaratskelia. Um, and Curva Mundial Pod says Kvaratskelia. I've also put in Laudiente from Sassuolo and Orsolini. And okay, for yeah. the first half of the season, Adamola Luckman. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, any of your nominations on that list, or do you have any more no, to throw in? No, I've got two to spring on us to discuss. So I've got Matteo Zaccagni, who I think has had a oh, fantastic season at Lazio. But the one I'm surprised that wasn't on anyone's list is Mario Rui, just because I don't <laughs> yeah. think anyone really expected those kind of performances. And I appreciate this is another Napoli play, unfortunately. I know, yeah, yeah. Just the performances alone. I mean, when you look at the ratings on the likes of Footmob, etc., he's been very high. He's very high on that list. And don't forget, like last season, I think he was a laughing stock. Everyone could not see him being the marauding left back that we mm-hmm. saw for the majority of this season. He's come up, set up goals. He's been pinnacle in that defence, but he's just been magnificent. I think for me alone, on those reasons, he deserves this award because I don't think anyone anticipated those level of performances from him. He's been superb for Napoli. Uh, really, like I think one of the reasons why they've been so good defensively. I mean, I know Kim and Jay will take the plaudits, but equally, yeah with Mario Rui in that defensive line. He's been experienced, he's held the lines, and he's really helped it. But again, Matei Zaccagni is another one that I've been really impressed with. Done a fantastic job for Lazio. His goals have been really crucial. I'm surprised he hasn't, again, played as much for the Azzurri. I think he deserves Mm -hmm. more than the call-ups that he's had this season. Um, But again, He's been fantastic, and I'm surprised there's not been more mentioned about his performances during the course of this season. Um, but Rory, let's kind of dive into it. I mean, any other shouts that you think we should talk about? So for me, um, the first two when I thought about this um, award were Orsolini and yes. Luckman. Um, I think if we start with Orsolini, he's got 11 goals and four assists. This is his highest goal involvement of his career so far. Like this is his best season. Um, And I think he's a player that people were really excited about when he was a lot younger. Um, He was a, when he was in the under 21s, I think he was absolutely killing it for Italy and people were super excited about him. He kind of lost his way a little bit. He's now 26 years old. So definitely his peak is ahead of him. But I, I think seeing Thiago Motta get the most out of him, and the partnership he managed to form with Barrow 
um, and that whole attacking yeah. kind of clique uh, at Bologna was really, really impressive. And I think he's become a player that has to be in the Italy squad. And again, this is biased from me because he was in my Fanta Calcio team, so I did notice <laughs> more what he was doing. But yeah. also, the other boys in the Fantasy League were going, I can't believe you fucking bought Orsolini and he's this good. How has this happened? Like, I don't think anybody saw this season coming. And some of the goals he scored as well, and key goals, he scored a yes. lot of winners, a lot of equalizers. Like, he's come up at big moments. And I think it's a player, de- a player delivering even on mm. promise. Um, and I really like that. And I think under Motta, he could really, really push on and have another great season. I've already said, I think Bologna next year get Europe. I think they're really going to make a push for it. Um, they've brought in the head of recruitment from Na- from Napoli, I think. Um, they brought in one of their head scouts from Napoli and they've just been bought out by this huge um, kind of conglomerate, I think. So I think they're really a club on the rise. And I think mm. Orsolini is going to be a key part of that. And this has been a season that's been outstanding for him. Also, my other player is Luckman. Um, 13 goals and six assists in 31 games. Now, he did go very quiet towards the end of the season, but so did Atalanta. I think Hoyland not being there and the attack moving around quite a lot between Zapata Mm. and um, the other guy, what's his name, Muriel. Um, It it wasn't quite giving the same levels of energy that Luckman needed. He wasn't getting the opportunities. But I think the start of the season that he had, I remember us every week, yeah. it felt like we were talking about a Luckman goal. That we were yes. like, Adam Luckman again gets a goal and an assist, again gets a goal and an assist, gets two goals. And I just think his start to the season was fantastic. So I didn't want recency bias to rule him out of a nomination because I think his, his start was absolutely blistering. And mm-hmm. he's a player that now, he did really well when he was in the Premier League. He was at Fulham, right? He was key in their Premier League campaign. I think he did pretty well. Played out in Germany, did pretty well there uh, with RB Leipzig. So I think he's just a player that's proven himself in several leagues now. And like, if he can get a bit of a run together at Atalanta and have a few seasons here and really build, I think we could be looking at a genuinely very, very good player. So I think this season was outstanding and some of his goals were just glorious. So I wanted to give him a shout um, but I do like your Mario Rui nomination because I think, yeah, he was a bit of a Romagnoli um, laughing stock and he's become yeah. a very sought-after left-back. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I have to just say, yeah, I agree with you on Orsolini. Orsolini has been a player that I don't think many anticipated the performance that he has displayed this season, especially in that Bologna squad as well because Bologna have really gone about their business really well. Um, Lookman agree with you as well. He's gone quiet second part of it and not helped by mm-hmm. how that team has been performing. Um, but yeah, I think he's adapted really quite well, really quite quickly. And there's been a lot of reports about how well he's done in the league. But yeah, I'm still feeling Mario Rui for this. I, I can't Let's see it. beyond it. So yeah, unfortunately, it is it's a very Napoli heavily show. It's a very yeah. Napoli heavy show, but it was always going to be. So exactly. congratulations, Mario Rui. Surprising player of the year. Congratulations, Mario Alguri. And moving on from surprise player to surprise team. Mm. Now, my nomination, there's only two. They've both got Z in their name. It is either Lazio or Monza. Um, Curva Mundial Pod say surprise team Napoli. Mm-hmm. The North Curve say surprise team Napoli. Joe Spagnoli says surprise team Lecce. Uh, Fede Faco says surprise team Bologna or Monza. Um, Footlol say surprise team Napoli. 
And yeah, Adam, any of those on your nominations? You got any others to throw in? It won't surprise you, but I've got Napoli on there. <laughs> just because, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. they were a surprise. They weren't expected to win the title. But I think I'm going to go with you on this one, where I go Lazio. Lazio have been mm-hmm. incredible this season. And I think I've already kind of given the context when I was talking about Sari. Um, but I think the way that they've gone about the business, they've created a lot of opportunities, scored plenty of goals, been defensively quite sound. And like when I put my uh, kind of goals of the season, it's taken spectacular goals really to be like conceded by this Lazio team. <laughs> it hasn't been necessarily tap-ins or like dubious decisions, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've been really solid. They've surprised a lot of their fan base. The fact that they've managed to maintain a top four finish in the end has been fantastic for a club that's been... I think missing from the kind of top four mix for a while, mm-hmm. it has to be said. You know, I, I can't remember the last time that Lazio were in that top four mix. It's been a while. And I think mm-hmm. against that backdrop of Roma, you know, kind of rising, and they've gone about their business really quietly. They've nabbed, you know, ex players like Pedro, brought in the cross, and he's been magnificent for them during the course of the season. Don't forget Chiro Immobile, as much as he's been the top goal scorer for them as well. But yeah, it hasn't been relied on necessarily for all of the goals, no, which is the no, difference. No. Whereas previous seasons, it was always about Immobile is the main goal scorer. Whereas this time, the goals have been spread out. Even like from a defensive point of view, they're scoring a lot more goals. Midfield contributions. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic has definitely played a much more... Felipe Anderson has, yes, has had a very quietly good season as well. Mm. Felipe Anderson's got yeah. a very like a good number of goals. A player that looked a little bit lost at West Ham and he's come back yeah. to he's come back home and he's absolutely smashing it up. I think uh, Zakanyi, as we've talked about, has been incredible since he arrived. I think, yeah, there's a bit of a less of a reliance on Immobile. It makes them a bit harder to deal with, a bit less predictable. Mm. And I think for them to finish second, and there was a point like they nearly threw it away at the end and it was a lot closer than it should have been. But they still finished four points like above Milan in fourth yes. place, right? Two points ahead of Inter. And I think, but there was a moment where we were like, they're comfortably the be- the second best team in Serie A. They're comfortably number two. Mm-hmm. And I think it's right that they got the second spot. It doesn't make it any less surprising because I did no. not expect it at all. But it shows you how surprising they've been, how surprisingly good they've been because it feels like that's where they belong. They should have been second. They were the second best team. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the more time Sadi spends at that club, the better they're going to get. Yeah. Like he's not a manager who like has three seasons like Mourinho, then it all falls apart. It takes him time, but when he gets there, it really, really does get mm. good. And I think third season under Sadi is going to be super exciting because <laughs> we've said that the title race is wide open. We could get five yeah. winners in five different years. Honestly, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. So I think yeah, most surprising team of the year, Lazio. Congratulations, Lazio. Well Surprising team of the year. Next award coming up is memeable moment. Now, the best <laughs> meme of the year. Now, I only have two nominations for this. One is from Rome and one is from Milan. Now, one of them involves the Polish player. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Adam, where Zalewski tries to jump the <laughs> tries to jump the hoarding and just completely flips. Um <laughs> Someone sent it to us on Instagram or on Twitter. I can't remember. But the Roma admin cut it to like that. Um, 
yeah, I'm guessing you want to know how I got here. And he's like that. <laughs> and he just hits the thing <laughs> as he goes over. Absolutely beautiful moment. Um, but for me, the one I'm going to nominate, um, and then you can come in with any of yours, is Olivier Giroud's time-traveling brother. Um, the <laughs> yes. interview with Olivier, Olivier Giroud's brother, who looks like if Giroud had gone through a post-apocalyptic nightmare and come out <laughs> the other end. I thought it was just... The first time I saw it, I thought, oh, someone's put him on one of those face app things. You know, where it's like, <laughs> right, age me by 10 years. They look exactly the same. Like, what did you do? Do you remember that? Yeah, incredible. I do. I do now. I'm <laughs> just reminiscing about it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, that was so, so fantastic. Because I kind of had to, like, glance a little bit further and think, did Shrew just do this as a photo shoot? Was this like some, yeah, you know, reality yeah. that he was supposed to play? Were those hidden like, TV, were those hidden camera shows? And then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what? They were related? Like, what's that? That's mind baffled, you know, when they've got like Einstein's theory written on the board and you're trying yeah, to work it out. Yeah. It's like, that was incredible. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think I mine can really be topped off to be honest um mm-hmm. i was only going to put here uh david nicola being sacked twice by salernitana really as kind of memeable because it's like yeah yeah that is typical italian football that we used to know back in the day it's become a little bit more sensible and then that happened it happened because yeah. don't forget <laughs> this is the third time technically for david nicola that he's been sacked by salernitana and he was fired and hired again within 24 hours. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable from Salernitana. You've got to love it. You've got to love it. But I do, I think I'm just going to take control of this one and say, yeah. memeable moment of the season is Giroud's, um, Giroud's self from the future giving him warnings <laughs> of what not to do and what to the do Matrix, as his basically. brother gives an interview on, a tel- <laughs> on French television. So congratulations to the Giroud brothers. You win on memeable moment of the season congratulations um and the last award the last award the most coveted award i believe is the funniest moment of the season the season that made the moment that made you laugh the most we do have um from i'm trying to find the serie a ones again um from fede farco the napoli ultras giving spalletti his steering wheel back when they won the (laughs) spadetto um Ibrahimovic and his speech at the end uh, saying to the Hellas Verona fans, this is um, this is the highlight of your life, so be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Dybala's penalty sending Juve to the Conference League from Joe Spagnoli. Yeah. Uh, the North Curve, Juve cry-arsing about fairness. Um, yeah. And Curva Mundial pod, the whole Juve issue with the league. Um, Adam, <laughs> do you have any nominations before I chuck my um, my two cents in? It feels very Juve heavy in this section um, because I was going to go with VAR pissing off Juventus. It was after that two-all draw <laughs> versus Salernitana and Turin, that fateful night where Milik gets sent off ah, for taking his shirt so off, good. even though that goal was disallowed for VAR. <laughs> this despite also... It not proving to be offside because there was no camera angles for that particular moment where Salernitana, I think it was Kandareva, was playing them all onside, which was so funny. It was so funny. It had to happen in the most high-tech stadium in the league for that moment not to be there. But I think the whole context of like 
Milik being sent off, the whole argy-bargy, Allegri being sent off himself and walking down the tunnel. Uh, it was just epic scenes. I, I loved it because Salernitana got a point and that's all I was craving for. Yeah, was, hold, yeah, on, yeah. hold on, get this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, just beautiful moment. But yeah, we also have to talk about Juventus fans cancelling their subscription to Dazan, Dazon, Dazon, because of the conspiracy against them. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's <laughs> they, quite they're convinced. A few. They are convinced that they can bankrupt the company. You know, they're convinced <laughs> that if all of them withdraw it, they can they bankrupt the company. Yeah, just, exactly. The levels of delusion are fantastic. I think Juve, we haven't really... They've got off lightly this show, haven't they? Not, we're not really talked about them yet and just how piss poor they've been. I think just Juve as a concept have been hilarious this season. Um, <laughs> yes. Chiesa left back, um, nothing really working. Vlavic visibly mm. hating every second of it. Allegri being backed after every major defeat the Juve board coming out and saying no 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 he's our man just to wind the (laughs) Juve fans up even more has been fantastic Um, them being caught them not knowing if they're the Champions League or not Um, it has really been a beautiful season to be on the outside of Juve and the moment I was going to put forward was another Juve moment which was Moise (laughs) Kane coming on to save the game and getting sent off one minute later which was absolutely fantastic as well Um, a lot a lot of great moments from Juve Um, I was also going to nominate or I am not was I am nominating um, Mourinho being mic'd up to record the referees (laughs) um, so that they couldn't lie about what he was saying (laughs) I think was peak Mourinho Um, his ongoing battle with the officials this year has been absolutely fantastic but I think I'm going to put forward as the funniest moment Juventus Football Club I think they're just (laughs) going to be the funniest moment Juventus Football Club do we agree? I, I agree. I was going to say, it's just Juventus, isn't it? It can't be any one <laughs> yeah. of those situations. It's Juventus Football Club. All of it. they've given us so much joy this season. So well done, Juventus FC. Congratulations, <laughs> Juventus. You are the funniest moment of the season. Our Gordy Juve, you did get a trophy. Nice. Well, there you go. We are finished with the awards of the year. Yes. Time flies when you're having fun, listeners. <laughs> we are going to take a very short break, and we're going to come back with mine and Adam's Serie A teams of the year spoiler alert I already regret one of my choices we will see you (laughs) on the other side my name is Massimo Morales and you are listening to Anglo-Italian podcast and here we are the final part of the final show of the season it's emotional guys and it's time for me and Adam to go through our Serie A teams of the season in which you can only pick one player from each team. And here it is, guys. You can see it on the screen. For people who are visually challenged and listening to us, um, I will take you through the team very quickly. In goal, we have Andre Anana at left back. I'm playing a 4-3-3 again, guys. I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm very much a system-based manager. I keep yep. it to the Premier League or Serie A. I keep the same formation. <laughs> um, Onana in goal. Myler at left back. Um, centre-back partnership of Ibanez and Bashirotto, or Basquirotto. Oh. Right-back, single. Um, mm-hmm. The three midfield, we have Benacer, Bonaventura, and Fratesi, who's now on his way to Inter. Exciting. Yeah. And a front three of Zaccagni, Orsolini, and Osimen. Now, Adam, looking at this team, mm-hmm. any questions? Any issues? Um, no, I think it's fairly well balanced in that sense. I think given the context of what we had to do, you know, pick one from each club, which makes it that little bit more 
difficult slash less biased, should we say. Um, mm-hmm. Singo, I think, yeah, he's had a fantastic season for Torino. And we haven't spoken a lot about Torino this season, but yeah. definitely one. The one doubt that I would have is a Banyas because I, I'm not his biggest fan. I'll be brutally honest. Okay. As much as I think he's probably had a better season, it might not be helped by the defenders necessarily next to him slash the goalkeeper behind him as well for him this season. Um, and I think like he's been pretty rash with some of his tackles. So hence yeah. why I'm less like when you look at my <laughs> squad, you can see I've gone for the other centre back, and we're not talking about yeah. Mancini. We're talking about Chris Smalling. So yeah, that that's my yeah, preference. I'm now there. wondering honestly. I'm now wondering why I didn't pick Chris Smalling. But what I did notice with Ibanez, and I think as much as he gets booked every single game and he's a bit hot-headed, he's definitely mm. hot-headed. Yes. But he's amongst the league leaders on interceptions, tackles, and ground duels won. Um, mm. And his pass completion rate is pretty good. There's like 88%. So I think he is very good at retaining possession. And I think he's allowed Roma to have a bit of control in games and build from the back. Yeah. when he's not being booked or sent off. Like, I appreciate that he is still quite an angry man. But I think <laughs> for, in that team, I think he's had a good season. I now yeah. feel like I should have picked Chris Smalling, though. I am, I'm I'm not too convinced about this one myself. Um, mm. But he's someone that, yeah, I've just been impressed every so often. Yeah. Um, so I thought when I was thinking of a Roma defender, he was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, definitely. And I think we talked offline just before we were going into this that you could have picked a different left-back, perhaps. Uh, certain Destiny yes. Dodgy instead of Mela. But Mela is still a good left-back, it has to be said. Um, I think but, like, yeah. and it's just, I think what I've done is I've gone, right, if I was on Football Manager, who would I buy? And I would get Mela because <laughs> he's a steady, good player. I've not actually thought about the season he's had. Um, and I was looking, again, at his stats... So he got six goal involvements, three goals, three assists this year. He's averaging about one and a half key passes per game. He's very good at keeping possession again, as you would expect with um, an Atalanta player. And he's really good at dribbling. Like his Mm. dribbles per 90, like successful dribblers, he's getting two per game, which puts him around the 90th percentile amongst the Mm. league. So I think his ability to carry the ball down the wing and his ability to get forward and keep possession is very good. I don't, again, this is the decision I would have changed. I would have gone for a dodge ahead of him. I even put a dodge there and then for some reason changed it. Couldn't tell you why. No idea why. Um, (laughs) Just changed it. So Myla is there, but he's coming off at about the 70th minute mark to be replaced by a dodge, I think. No, otherwise, um, though, Rory, I think it's a really good squad. I mean, Bonaventura, I don't think we've d- done him enough justice. We haven't spoken mm-hmm. about Fiorentina that much. Um, but yeah, I think he's um, someone that really came to his own recently. And certainly in that, so obviously, final against West Ham, he was a player mm-hmm. that looked really on it. He seemed like he really wanted to do it. Fratesi's had his moments during the course of the season. I think Benesser, if he was less injury-prone this season, certainly would have been seeing Milan a lot higher up that league. I think he's been really evident when he's gone out of the squad and not in that. You could, yeah, you could see how much they missed him, honestly. And I think when he, he got the injury against Napoli in the second leg of the Champions League, didn't he? And he did his cruciate, I think, or he did one of his ligaments. And after that, you could see that Milan in the games following on just did not have that midfield control. And I was looking at like, 
every time I watch Benacer, it fumes me that he was at Arsenal and we sold him. <laughs> it fucking winds me up because yeah. he is such a good player. Um, and again, looking at his stats this season, he's only got two goals and two assists, but his expected assists is 5.8 across the season, which puts him in the night. He's like, he's one of the leaders in terms of the levels of assists he's making mm. or creating. It's the strikers up front that aren't finishing them. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of shows that how creative a player he is, as well as the fact that he's very good defensively and he's good at just being that metronome. Like his pass completion is yeah. 89%. So he just keeps the ball moving, keeps the ball ticking over. And I, and as we said, when he was missing Milan, massively missed him. So I thought when I was building this team, he was one of the first players I put in there. I was like, Benacer is going to be in my midfield. I think he's been one of the best midfielders in the league for a while. Um, and this season he's really kicked on. Mikel, if we're not going to get Caicedo, just go in for this life, can we? Because I really, really <laughs> yes. would be quite happy driving back if he would come back. Um, yeah, Bonaventura, you're right. Been one of the key players in a great season for Fiorentina. Fratesi has just earned himself a move to Inter, basically. It looks like mm-hmm. that's going to get done. Yep. Um, the, his numbers, again, this season were pretty crazy. Seven goals. Um, he's got amongst 50% of his shots are on target, which is such a high crazy, percent. He shows up from all positions. He's able to, he knows exactly where the goal is. He's able to get a yeah. shot on target. Really been impressed by him, and he's good at prog- progressing the ball as well. Um, and then the front three, it had to be for me, Zakani, yeah. Osman, and Orsolini. I've been, I think they've been the three attackers that have stood out the most this year, really, mm. in terms of like like Zakani and Orsolini as the wingers that have stood out the most. And then Osman, we've talked about him, but I'm glad we get to talk about Zakani a little bit because at Verona there was a, a signs of a good player there, but he's really kicked on since he got got to Lazio. Definitely, definitely. We've spoken about it on this pod, but Zaccagni has been so impressive for Lazio this season. Uh, not only has he been doing all of the hard work, but he's contributing a lot more goals. I think he's been a little bit more clinical. Um, and mm-hmm. like I say, I'm just surprised that Mancini hasn't decided to give him more of a chance or more of a look in. I'm very much like on that right-hand side for you, Rui, Orsolini is another one that I suspected might get a call up, but he didn't actually get it. But again, I feel he's been undone there. I think he deserves mm. a chance because of the performances he's de- demonstrated this season, especially when you look at the context of it's a Bologna side that's not expected to be in the top half of that league. Yeah. And they've proved everyone quite badly wrong in terms of Thiago Motta going in there, doing a steady job as well. So lots of promising signs for Bologna and Orsolini, like you've already said on this show. And then there's nothing more we can say about Osman is there to be honest. Um, he's, <laughs> he's there because he's there because you'd be thick to not put him there. Basically, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. it's just it's been insane. But I do also. Lastly, I think he might be in your team as well. I'm not sure. Don't want to spoiler it, but I yeah. want to shout out Basket Otto as well because yeah. he's just been incredible at the back alongside Samuel Umtiti at the back. I think mm. he's been in, 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 sensational and in the air. Very few people beat him in the air. Um, exactly. He's now. Back on the farm up near Verona, yes. I think. Yes, he is. Um, living his best life, helping the helping the family, working out. That is a farmer's physique he's got there. That is a yeah. farmer's physique. It is insane. Love the man. Again, when I was building this team, he was one of the first names on there. I've like, absolutely loved him this season. So, yeah, Basket Otto is in there. 
That is my team of the season. We will share it on Twitter so you can give me abuse or praise me, whichever you please. <laughs> um, Adam, it's time for you to share your team now. Yes, yes, I cannot wait for this, Rory, because I feel like this time it's a little bit more balanced than my Premier League 11. <laughs> your your midfield way. last time was, was Keegan-esque, <laughs> was I'll be honest. Bit, I really appreciate it. Wasn't it? it was a very challenging <laughs> midfield, let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, bear with me, listeners and viewers, while I go about trying to share it because it is being a bit of a pain for me. But hopefully any second now you guys will be able to see it live on the screen. But also, Rory, I definitely have not got a goalkeeper by the look of things, but he's definitely there. He's definitely <laughs> he is there. there. So uh, just for context, it is 4-3-3. Free free, um, and I'll start with the goalkeeper that is Casper the uh, Ghost. No, he's called Vicario. Yep. <laughs> Vicario from Empoli. Vicario. I think he's been superb this season. I think he's on the lips of a lot of clubs if they move on their goalkeepers. I've heard the likes of Inter, Milan have been sniffing around. I, he's been solid and he's got a call up to the Azzurri. Well deserved. In terms of that defence then, I've gone with Stefan Posh from Bologna. He's been superb considering very he's only on shout. loan. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> very good incredible, shout. Incredible. And he pops in with those goals. So, Fantastic. Now, I've gone a bit rogue here, Rory. This is probably where you're going to pick me apart. Scalvini. So, Giorgio Scalvini, very highly anticipated centre-back that has got a lot to look forward to. I think he's going to be an incredible defender. Possibly, you might argue, maybe not had a strong season, but I think he's had a great breakout season, and that's the reason Mm -hmm. why I've put him in there. Then I've got alongside him, not Ibanez, but it's Chris Smalling. So Chris Smalling's again. Smaldini. There he Smaldini, is. As, as Joe Spagnoli says, Smaldini. Um, but he's been incredible this season. Um, so solid, so assured. And I think he's just that calmness personified. He is so mm-hmm. calm in all situations. And I wish that Man United fan that was berated by fans that said Harry Maguire was better than Smaldini was here to lap it up. I think he'll be drinking all the milk that he could because, yeah, Smaldini (laughs) definitely deserves it. Left back, he's a guy that I don't necessarily see eye to eye, but I can see what contribution he would do for this team. And just generally, I think he's had a good season and that's Teo Hernandez from Milan. A player that contributes goals, He's good defensively. He's a shit house. He does everything yep. that you want from him, and that's why he's loved by Milan. Um, and as you said, in terms of goal nominations, he seems to have a worldie in him every season. So for that reason alone, he's in my back line. So then we move into the midfield. Now, this is, again, quite an interesting one. So we've got Barella on the right-hand side of the three. Um, I felt like Barella, again, superb season, full of pace, uh, incredible kind of determination and grit at times. I think when there's been occasions where maybe the game's frustrated him, he's kind of brought himself up. Um, he's still argumentative, let's put it that way. That yep. part of his game is never going to disappear. Um, but I love the kind of enthusiasm he brings to it. And I think he just brings that add of class when it comes to that attacking third as well. He can make moments happen. And I feel for that reason, he deserves a shout. Instead of having him in the back line, I've got Basharito from Lecce, who's nice. had a few appearances for Lecce in midfield this season. Um, he's, like we've said, the farm's physique. He is 
Mr. August when it comes to their calendar pullouts, isn't he? But he's very good in that midfield as well. He can do it. He can obviously header it. And I think he's a kind of player that keeps the pressure on that attacking third. Mm. I think there's been occasions where they've relied upon him to actually provide that outlet. But also, he does pop in with some goals. So from set pieces, I think he's a very yeah, good outlet. Yeah, really dangerous well. from corners, eh? Mm. Very dangerous from corners. Yeah, yeah. And then alongside him, on the left-hand side of the trio, I've got Malinkovic Savic. We have spoken about him briefly when we've talked about him on this pod. But again, fantastic season by Sergei Malinkovic Savic. I expect him to go this summer because he's going to be entering the last 12 months of his contract. And therefore, Lazio probably could do with the capital to reinvest in the squad. Mm -hmm. However, there has been rumours that he might see out the last 12 months. There was rumours earlier in the season that he might go to Juventus, unlikely given their financial circumstances. Um, but there has been even rumours, Rory, that he might even turn up at Inter. Uh, that would be incredible if they wow. managed to secure wow. that. I don't know if that's likely, but let's see what happens. And then slightly different kind of lineup in the front three. Mm. I've gone with Osimhen up top, um, but on either side, Classic. on the left-hand side, I've gone for Nico Gonzalez. Really do like him. I, f- I feel like he's really pushed on and he's contributed some really good goals this season. Very silky, can play it on the inside, he can take on his man. I think he's got the whole package. I really do fancy him for next season. If no one snaps him up, that would be a travesty. And I think yeah, yeah. more blessing for Fiorentina as well, potentially. <clears> and then <throat> alongside them, I've got Dia. Dia, who's been. There's a Salernitana player in there. I, I should have put a Salernitana player in there, really. I'm, I'm yeah. disappointed in myself. I know, but I, I feel like he's justified. He's been incredible yeah. when it came to those moments. He's added that bit of quality. Piontek couldn't do it, but Dia has. And that for that reason, I mean, given the context of the club, where he is, where he's expected, I don't think there's going to be that anticipation that he would score as many goals as he has this season. There's been lots of rumours floating about that he might not end up at Salernitana by the end of this summer. Mm. He'll be elsewhere. Um, and for that reason, that's why I've got that squad. So Rory... Feel free to pick at it, but I think it's fairly steady compared to my Premier League eleven. No, I think it's de- <laughs> I think it's decent. Honestly, I really like the posh shout. I really yeah. like that as a shout. I've been really impressed by him at Bologna. Just there's been so many players that have stood out at that team this year at moments, and he's definitely, definitely one of them. Scalvini is a very good shout. I think despite it not like yeah, it's been a good breakout season for mm. him. He's had moments where he struggled, but I think or every player has. But I think it's a it, I've heard his name a lot this season of a lot of people going, wow, this guy is good. And like mm-hmm. when I have seen him, he looks like he's going to be a hell, of def- a hell of a defender across the next couple of years. So yeah, I can understand him being in there, definitely. I really like the Dia shout because again, not only the number of goals, but the quality of the goals he scored, yeah. he just hammers him into the top corner. Like he absolutely kind of, some of those goals have really reminded me of like, you know, Podolski with his left foot yes. where it just yeah, looks yeah, yeah. like an absolute violent goal. I think Dia has that kind of finish in him, like a violent finish. It's been really impressed by him. And yeah, Nico Gonzalez is just, alongside Beneventura, has been the most, the, like one of the key players uh, for Fiorentina yeah. this year. So I think it's a very good team. And I like the Vicario shout as well, because we've talked about the standard of goalkeepers in Serie A mm. in general being very high, and that most teams have very good goalkeepers. And Vicario has stood out amongst them. So I think, yeah, no, mm. no notes. A very good team. 
Basket yeah. Otto in defensive midfield is always dropping to five is always safety, right? You can always just yes, drop to a five exactly. at the back and you're fine. <laughs> you can play the John Stones role. You can play he the could. John Stones role. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, oh, guys, good. those are our teams of the season. That's it. The season is, is done. Ruddy hell. Review is the over. season is done. Um, and like I did last last time, really, there's no quote this time. I just again want to say, give the take the opportunity mm. to say thank you for joining us this year. Um, we tried these uh, episodes separately as a Premier League and Serie A thing. Hopefully, it worked. Hope you enjoyed them. It gave us a bit more breathing space to talk about each one properly. So yeah. I feel like sometimes in our shows we have to skip something, even though we always overrun. This time we're allowed to really go in depth and talk about it. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we will be appearing across the summer, as I said, at certain moments. We don't know when yet, so we can't tell you when. It will no. be at some point. Um, but enjoy your summers. Yes. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at Italian Anglo Pod. On Instagram, you can find us at Anglo Italian Pod. You can find us on YouTube at the Anglo Italian Pod. Um, and go back, listen to episodes, listen to our interviews. Um, Adam, anything to say before I send these people off until August? I know, it's shocking, isn't it? It's shocking, but massive thank you for all of the support. Love to see all the new comments as well come along on our YouTube channel. It's been great seeing some of them going, you know, you guys keep it up. It's been really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So for that, I absolutely love doing the pod for those reasons, just to kind of help you guys understand the leagues and just vent some of our frustrations some of the time as well it's fair to say Rory um but yeah hope you have a great break whatever you're up to stay tuned make sure you know what we're doing on our socials because we're planning a few things um but as you can imagine it takes a lot of planning as well and we need a break so yes be patient yeah guys we will see you on the other side um arrivederci Sports Social Podcast Network.